the whole concept of how I uh, raised my kids are essentially the same uh, con concept strategies that you know allowed me to grow up as a multilingual. Uh, the key word here is environment, right? You want to create an optimal environment or uh, you know, infrastructure uh, that allows them, that compels the kids to speak a specific language uh, rather than so rather than making studying language like the main goal, it's to, like I mentioned earlier, the ultimate purpose is that person you're communicating with. Um, so, and in order to communicate with that person, you need this language. Okay, so make an environment that's optimized for these type of uh, uh, choices, language choices. So in our family, I speak Mandarin with the kids. My father, who my, my, my parents also live with us. So my father, who's Taiwanese, also speaks Mandarin with the kids. My wife is Japanese. My mother is Japanese. But both of them speak Japanese with the kids. We live in Quebec. Go to school in French. Mm. Right? And being in Canada, you know, we turn on the TV, there's English. There's some friends here that are Anglophones. Hi, Tetsu. Hello, hello, Alvaro. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. And well, first of all, it's it's a pleasure to have you on. Well, the, the feeling is mutual. Thank <laughs> you very much. You know, awesome. for you to reach awesome. out like that. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're gonna have a lot of people with, you know, with your own experience, but also with the way you're raising your kids, the way you're helping them acquire different languages in, in a natural way. And yeah. Yes, indeed. You know, we, we, as somebody who grew up with multiple languages, I feel it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's my duty, mm. you know, given the, the, the advantages and the benefits that I had in, over my life with these languages. So uh, I feel that it's a duty for me to pass it on. And also at the same time, you know, I'm spreading, my my experience and knowledge on the internet so that other people could also benefit from this you know exactly my my point of view yeah that's great that's great so yeah how, why why don't you start with your own experience like what's your native language so your earlier experiences with languages anything okay. that yeah. yeah you know when people ask me what's your mother tongue what's your native language <laughs> it, it always catches me like sort of off guard okay it's it, the definition is so hard uh when you say mother tongue the be, having the mother in there usually you know you refer to the language that came from your mom but my mother is japanese by the way mm -hmm. and uh japanese is not my first language i always use first language which which is which has that connotation of the strongest language right and um ironically the my first language is the lang is the sixth language that i or the fourth fourth or fifth language that I learned in my life <laughs> but it's the first in terms of strength so let me start from the beginning so I my father is Taiwanese my mother is Japanese but you know funny thing is I was born in Hong Kong but the whole family came back to Taiwan before I was one years old okay. and I basically grew up in Taiwan so in Taiwan I spoke Mandarin with my dad and, and my friends Japanese 
with my mother. Mm -hmm. And there's a language called Taiwanese, which is distinct from Mandarin uh, in Taiwan that is uh, understood by what I think 70, 75% of the people. So I, I spoke that with you know my neighbors and whatnot. And I have Hakka, which is another regional dialect in Taiwan that's from my father's side of the family. And then I went to an American uh, elementary school. So yeah, there, there you go. So that's my fifth language is actually my strongest language. So I, I call it my first language <laughs> because yeah. it's neither my mother's language nor my father's language. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. But that's why I always say my first language is, is English. Uh, it's the language that I am strongest in and the mm -hmm. one that I usually think in. Right. All right. So those were the five. And then uh, later on, after elementary school, I was sent to Canada, where I am now. Uh, and not just anywhere in Canada, but in Quebec, okay? mm. in the province of Quebec, where the the official language is actually French. So uh, out of the blue, I had to go to high school in French at 13. And I learned that up. And then, uh, so that's what, my sixth. And then later on, I well, through traveling and, and, and whatnot, I, I had some interest. I learned Spanish, which is you know relatively accessible if you already know French. Mm -hmm. And then I did, and then thinking I'm a language master, I, I decided to learn German, which really broke down that confidence pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I also did Italian, which, which, which is okay. It's not, not difficult. And I picked up Portuguese along the way, uh, once again, traveling and whatnot. So that's, that's 10 languages, um, you know, to different degrees uh, of mm -hmm. mastery that I have. Uh, but when people ask me how many languages do I speak, I usually say five. So that's English, French, Japanese, Mandarin, and Spanish. These five are the ones that, you know, I can sort of say with confidence that I, I speak to speak these languages to a, a fairly good degree, all mm -hmm. of which I have through, uh, you know, paid work or, or volunteer work as, you know, interpreters and whatnot. So I do have these five. And these are the five specific languages that I almost am also passing on. To my children, that's a big chunk of my 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 language history. I don't know if there's any any stuff that you want to poke on uh, right about yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, it's it's interesting what you talked about. You know, the um, first language, mother language, because yeah. I guess I, I'm used to. I mean, my own experience. Both my parents are Spanish, so I have one native. Yeah. That's, that, that's right. probably the the story for ninety percent of the people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it makes sense in your case that you really <laughs> don't know whether that's English, Mandarin. Yeah. Um, I do keep it at 90, you know. You, know, you might think it's 99% of the people, but no, no. I mean, the world is changing. The world is, you know, with globalization, there are so many, you know, cross-cultural couples and, and, and kids born in a third country, like myself, right? I have a Taiwanese father, a Japanese mother, but I was born yeah. in Hong Kong, you know, right. and you, you know, living in... in in, in Poland, even though you're, you're Spanish, so your kid will be exposed to, to Polish very early on in life. So all these things uh, make this situation not quite as unique as before, which right, is a right. good, which is a, which is a great thing, you know. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, but it's relatively easier to find, you know, kids who who have parents from two different countries, so they have two languages to choose from, right? Already, yes. But Already. in your case, is even five, right? So that's why it's yeah, even more yeah. Unique, right? 
indeed you know with uh with moving countries also so yeah. that that sort of really added different dimensions uh different levels of, of complexity right. once yeah, again like, i mean i i, I mm -hmm. can't cannot be more grateful to my parents yeah absolutely for the upbringing that i've had mm -hmm. yeah but even if you think about it there's countries like Nigeria or Papua mm -hmm. New Guinea, where they yeah. might be from that country, but I speak already five different dialects. So yes. Indeed, indeed. Same with uh, in India or mm -hmm. in China too. I mean, there's many, many different right. dialects of Chinese. Uh, right. You know, not, not just the major languages like like Cantonese and Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And and be, being born in Hong Kong, you didn't have any any. <laughs> Access to Cantonese, or you walk right into the trap. <laughs> oh, I never learned Cantonese. Okay, so it, it's almost like the one that I'm supposed to speak. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, and I, I'm curious about, especially about French and Spanish, because the other three, again, they're sort of native languages for you. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. not English now that I think about, it, but. Yeah, like your first experience. Well, but you said you went to the like the American institution, right? So I went to an American elementary school in Taiwan. Right. Yeah. So my parents already had a plan for to to ship me out <laughs> later in life. Well, right. you know, in those days, it was it was not very common. Mm. You know, but uh, my parents already knew that you know Taiwan already being a politically rather in, unstable country. Mm. Uh, and also the fact that, you know, you know, the, the more opportunities uh, they could give me, uh, the better. So English was, you know, the obvious choice at that time. Mm -hmm. right. uh, instead of going to a local Taiwanese school, they sent me to an American school to uh, broaden my horizons, you know. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm especially curious about your experiences, your experience with friends, because you said you were sent to Canada, to Montreal. Right. You were inserted inserted in high school at thirteen, but did you know any French before that, or <laughs> I knew two words, we oui and no. Okay, <laughs> I had to answer all all the questions to that. So you know, <laughs> uh, you know, when people ask you, "Emchi hey, you do like this?" We. Oui. <laughs> yeah. But when they, when they ask me something like, "Ah, oh, quel âge as-tu?" Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? So that was a it was a fun experience. I can still remember, you know, one of my first first classes, seeing the teacher just just talking away, and I see the mouth moving, but I just cannot understand anything. <laughs> oh, that was fun. That was fun. But I, you know, made friends quickly. You know, at that age, uh, sort of a swim or die, swim or sink. Sink or swim <laughs> situation, sure. but uh, it was fun. You know, you come to Canada, a completely different environment. Um, the winter sports was just phenomenal. You know, learning about skating and 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 skiing and all of that. It was just it was just too much fun to 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 be uh, to be bogged down with with mm -hmm. languages and whatnot. Now I just find a way to communicate, and and somehow it worked out. Yeah, I guess as kids, we're not worried about, you know, what yeah. people are going to think of us or we just want to communicate, right? We just want to, uh, you know, maybe it's just my personality, you know, maybe I'm just uh, naturally outgoing mm. uh, or maybe, you know, my parents did prepare me well uh, because English already, you know, it, it is a major language. It is one of the official languages of Canada. 
So there are people who speak English. You know, uh, most people can understand to a certain degree, uh, even if they're not, you know, uh, fluent English speakers. So there, there's some, you know, there's a way to 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 get my points across. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I learn quite quickly, you know, through play and uh, some studying. Wouldn't say too much, <laughs> but you know. Um, and and that got me through. So right, yeah. Because I was gonna ask if your your friends back then were bilingual with English, or you just learned to to communicate in French with them. Well, being in a, in a French province, and and actually, uh, I'm not. I wasn't even in Montreal. It was okay. like about a hundred kilometers outside of Montreal. Uh, it's a very French mm. town, very French um, high school. Uh, but luckily, just about 10 or 12, 15 kilometers away, there's a there's a English speaking little village or town okay. uh, right nearby. And so, some of those folks would come to our, our uh, high school. So that those folks are you know, mostly perfectly bilingual. Um, but the other ones are, you know, they, they can understand a little bit. You know, I, I maybe, you know, maybe I'll say certain things in English, but they'll have to respond in French. Mm. And really slowly or or ask somebody to translate so so that really monolingual environment other than the few friends that that came from the 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 english town Mm. uh that helped you know uh pushed me to to speak french much quicker i think if i were in a sort of a lukewarm environment where everybody spoke good english then i might not have uh, learned it as quickly so i think it's a good thing yeah, because I'm 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 thinking it was a good mix of it was a sort of crosstalk in a way sometimes, right? Like you were speaking English especially at the beginning, I guess, but they were really yes. like French. So you yeah. both could understand one exactly. to some degree. That's right. That's right. Before and you were ready to start speaking, right? Yeah, and probably my you know my my French to English proportion in the dialogues would get higher and higher and somewhere right. along the way, just French completely took over <laughs> you know, honestly like I said I, I I remember seeing the teacher I, I still have that scene of my teacher speaking and I don't understand anything that was coming out of her mouth but I I don't remember so much of the dialogues that I was having with the the friends um and just a few scenes I I, I remember um uh, but you know e- even being Asian in that school, was you know I was standing out okay. so so I was sort of like a like a tourist attraction <laughs> and in those days I remember I was very good at, at yo-yo oh, nice. <laughs> Taiwan, uh, that was a big thing in Taiwan it was a boom so I was really good at, at yo-yos and I brought yo-yos and I was like showing off <laughs> doing all that stuff nice, nice. so uh, you know people were calling yo-yo man <laughs> <laughs> Now that I think about it, so it's these things that that sort of you know, other than languages, you know, having something in common with with the friends, uh, mm. and you know, obviously there were uh, bullying uh, and and whatnot, but not so much. I can't remember so much. There's a few <laughs> that I can remember, but kids are kids. I sort of yeah, you know, like like I had much more positive experience than uh, than the negative ones. Uh, by far so 
or maybe I'm just uh, very dull and I just didn't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but overall, it was a fantastic experience. And I uh, they, they were cursing you out, but you didn't understand, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, all these friends, you know, we're all still connected on Facebook. We just had a, uh, what was it, a 30 year reunion uh, okay. last year. And <laughs> right. Wow. Well, I'm getting old, but but yeah, so that's a uh, that was fun, and that was a uh, high school, five years of high school. I mean, the system's a little different here. High schools are five years rather than six, mm. uh, and um, at the end of those five years, uh, you know, one of my best buddies from that school, he went to um, South America to Ecuador, mm. and he said, "Hey, come visit." Now he was there for one year exchange. And uh, I was studying in Ottawa at that time. And he said, you know, come, come visit. And I uh, planned a two-week trip. And then, and here I am thinking, ah, since I'm going to, to uh, Quito, oh, why not learn some Spanish? And I picked up uh, this travel book and I read a, a little bit before going. And I remember going there, understanding, you know, a little bit, uh, not, 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 too much, but enough to sort of hold a, a little conversation with like grandpa, grandma, kind of thing. Because of your French? Yeah, yeah, so, mostly. Mm -hmm. Because verb conjugations and all those are, you know, it, it's very similar in that sense, even though the verb itself is completely different. You know, like manger would be comer, which mm -hmm. is completely different. But uh, but otherwise, uh, fantastico is fantastic, you know, so. so yeah. It, it works out uh, to a certain degree, mm. and uh, there was much more, obviously, uh, much more listening than than speaking. Right. Other than in my dreams, I remember one day I, <laughs> I was speaking perfect Spanish in my dream. Mm. <laughs> Once I woke up, I couldn't speak anything. But uh, yeah. we we all do, yeah. Yeah, but all <laughs> that that I was there for two weeks, uh, I was able to communicate to a certain degree. But it's after I came back to Canada that mm. I remember. I just sort of felt like the, the Spanish growing in me, you know. I came back and I joined the the, the student, you know, the Spanish Student Association, some things uh, in, in in at Ottawa University. Uh, made some friends from uh, from Venezuela. Uh, those friends, wow, wonder how they're doing. Uh, <laughs> we're always together now, always you know drinking and and, and partying and. They're supposedly there to learn English, but you know, there was much more Spanish going on. And my Spanish just, you know, improved leaps and bounds in the in those first months after coming back. So it's that immersion that I was able to get, you know, 24-7 in those two weeks in, in Ecuador and coming back and then throwing myself in in that in that, you know, artificial in, immersion. Yeah. Uh, situation that I created for myself, you know, being best buddies with uh, with these guys uh, from from Venezuela, and uh, just all the time we were going out and, and just you know mm -hmm. having fun and, and and using the little Spanish that I had, making that grow and grow and grow. And I was I was in uh, Ottawa U for one year, but I, at the end of that year, you know, I felt I was I was fluent, and 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 it just continued like that. And, and before you know it, I was getting some, some you know, I, I would always be jumping into situations where I could use my Spanish. Uh, and even, you know, at these conferences and Congress, you know, where where they need interpreters, 
if it's like Quebec City, I was in Quebec City for five years. You're not going to find so many, you know, Spanish, uh, English or Spanish, French or Spanish, Japanese interpreters. So I was doing that kind of job so left and right and, and just continuously uh, improving my situation in, in Spanish. And I was even sent down to the Dominican Republic when, once uh, as a, a Spanish, English, French, Japanese interpreter. Nice. Japanese company from Japan, a, a major, you know, corporation from Japan coming, and then uh, French, like France, from France, the French chocolate company, they were meeting in uh, Republica Dominicana to talk about, how, you know, this, this cocoa bean farm there and, and what they're going to produce there. And, okay. and I was the only one sent in from Quebec. <laughs> so, so that was fun. Wow. See, those are great experiences with languages, just because I, I knew some languages that, you know, gives you these opportunities and lots of fun, lots of fun. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm thinking like you seem to be pretty relaxed person, a pretty, I mean, easygoing, but also bold in terms of because sometimes I see people like when you talked about going to Ecuador, mm -hmm. not really worrying. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but because mm -hmm. a lot of people when they <clears throat> when they get to a country in which the language they're they're trying to to learn is spoken. They're afraid at the beginning. They're not mm -hmm. sure of themselves. They're shy. You know what I mean? So yeah. you seem like that wasn't a problem at all. Or, yeah. so, or do, do you have any moments in which, even with your earlier French experiences, that you felt frustration of, mm, like, uh, um, you know, like you said about the teacher, like she's moving her lips, but you're not, yeah. she's saying. You know, now, now that I think about it, I think you see it's how you see these obstacles, you know. It's it's just a frame of of mind. It's just a point of view. It's just a uh, how you position it in your head. Um, perhaps it just came naturally to me to not see these as obstacles. Oh, this is hard. Oh, I don't mm -hmm. want to do this. But rather, what's beyond that? The fun that I was going to mm. have with this person. In order to get this, I need to learn French. Okay, well, this is a challenge. You sort of change the obstacle to a challenge, which is now a motivator rather than, right. you know, an, an obstacle. So like I, I guess if you think about making mistakes and losing face, that sort of demotivates you. Mm. But that's that was just a a cost of doing business that I didn't really think about so right. much. It's what did I what did I what did I, what did I want? I wanted to play with this person, you know. I wanted to spend time with this person, and the medium of communication is is French. Then, then okay, Fine. pick up pick up the bechamel and and start conjugating verbs. Um, <laughs> it's just uh yeah, when you when you buy stuff. You know, when you buy a camera that's a hundred bucks, uh, then you pay a hundred bucks. It's just the cost of doing yeah, business. Absolutely. That's just sort of how I saw it, I guess. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't question that part. Like a hundred bucks, oh, it's too much. <laughs> Do you want it? You want it, then you pay. Uh, <laughs> that's no, a transaction, I guess. You know? Yeah, it's, it, no, it's a great mindset. I, I like it absolutely. I, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs>
You know, I, I try to inculcate that to my kids. You know, uh, don't don't think about what it costs or what what it, what you know the negative aspects of, of anything, uh, other than do you want it? Mm-hmm. Now, do you want it? If you don't want it, if you don't like it, okay, fine. Fine. But if you want it, don't take all the other stuff as excuses. You know, you're going to be unhappy. If you want it, find a way. You know. Right. Now, if you can't pay this cost, find a way to find a way to earn this money to pay it, or mm-hmm. find some other way to uh, overcome it. You know. Mm-hmm. But but focus on wanting that thing. That's the, if that's what you want, find a way. Right. Um, I, I think that that's just the the way I was brought up, and that's it's pretty much how, how I'm trying to. Are you wrong? Yeah, 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 no, I like it. I like that. I like that mindset. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I also like when when it comes to languages. Yeah. But you said that you wanted to communicate with that person, and French happened to be the way to communicate. That's, yeah. that's something that I always talk about. The communication, the message, is the most important thing. But it mm-hmm. happens to to happen in the language, in a specific language. But exactly. yeah, I like that. Yeah. So so learning the language in and of itself is not the goal. Mm. It's that communication, it's that connection that you're trying to make with the person that's that's really the motivator. So, right. so yeah, in, in a sense, I think maybe that's how I was able to overcome. I mean, do I speak perfect Spanish? I mean, no. But hey, people paid me money to to to, to be an interpreter. You know, I must be doing it to a pretty good level, right? But I I failed actually uh, here. I actually failed my my español para extranjeros, my español avanzado para extranjeros. Uh, the only Spanish course that I took in my life. Uh, when I did the placement test, they said, "No, you speak." But it put me in the highest level. You know, all the supercontivos and all that. I, right. No clue. So I did that. I failed the course, but I still partied with my, all my buddies. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, which, which speaks to how how we, how those courses connect to reality, right? How, yeah, how I mean, far off they are they're from reality. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, I'm not discouraging people to to take courses. Uh, it's just that what is the purpose and what is your goal with that language? You just have to you know make it clear. Uh, and and if it's communication, uh, then take the, take a course if it's a shortcut for yourself. If it's something that motivates you to push yourself, uh, but don't worry about the grade in and of itself. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to become a, a translator, you, know, you need good grammar. Okay. You know, but that's a different goal, right? Translation in and of itself is the goal. Then you need. You need to know your grammar. So what, what are you learning the languages for? And that could uh, right. you know, allow you to, to focus better on the actual target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, before we get into raising your kids, I'm also mm-hmm. interested in knowing about your interpreter experiences. Like, wh- what does it yeah. look like? Like, is it um, like you're, you know, you're in the cabin, they're speaking different languages. No. And you're, okay. It's not simultaneous. No. Exactly, it's not simultaneous. Okay. It's really sim- I mean, hats off to all the simultaneous. Yeah, that's crazy. That's why. That's why I was. Yeah, yeah. That is that is a, a job for you know like real, really skilled and 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 I would even say you need that personality for for it. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, 
And I'm just not a person who's who can multitask. Mm. So if I'm talking, I can't listen. If I'm listening, I can't talk. <laughs> if I'm on the phone and you talk to me, I miss what what I'm you know mm -hmm. trying to listen listen for. So uh, a simultaneous interpretation just sounds like it just sounds like an impossible task for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, and and it's true because it's a really stressful. Uh, work. Uh, it's no wonder at these conferences they need, you know, two, at least two, three interpreters, and they don't go for more than fifteen minutes at a time. Yeah. yeah. You know? And uh, hats off to, I, I think mostly women who are uh, uh, simultaneous translators, uh, interpreters. Maybe it's because you know they're they're better at, at multitasking. I, I think maybe it's a sexist thing to say. I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, hats off. Anyways. Uh, and uh, what I was doing is uh, obviously se sequential interpretation. Mm. Uh, so somebody would say something, jot down what he's saying, and then I, I pass on the message to the next person. So it, it's always going through me, back, forth, like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've done a few of those, uh, you know, with all these languages. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's a paid gig, like the one I was telling you about going to, to uh, many San Francisco. Uh, I was in uh, Quebec City in those days. Uh, I get I was registered at on Berlitz, the the, the company Berlitz, uh, for as a Japanese, French, English uh, interpreter, and uh, had a few few gigs where uh, like ja engineers from Japan came to uh, these uh, big paper mills. They they had these machineries like five ten million dollar machinery. And the engineers have to come, they install it. And when they install it, they have to explain to all the local mm -hmm. local guys uh, how to operate it and whatnot. So those were stressful. They send me like a whole packet. Uh, you have to go through all that. But, you know, being trained in in, in the sciences, uh, you know, uh, does help, <laughs> you know, going through all the technical terms and whatnot. Okay. Uh, and I did a few of those with, with Berlitz. And those, uh, those, were, those were fun. Those were fun. So it was French and Japanese, French, Japanese, back and forth. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's it's still hard, but it, it's uh, totally easier than... Yeah, and, and also, yeah. also it's a very rare combination. So uh, Japanese, French, I mean, I don't, I don't have any certification per se as an interpreter. But who, who, who else are you gonna, you know, find in Quebec City? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, so that was a uh, <laughs> that, that, that was great. You know, they the same engineers came back uh, a few years after to for you know to, for as a follow up, and uh, you know they called on me again, uh, you know specifically for for that job, and and so that was good, and it it shows that you know what I was doing was a uh, was satisfactory to them. Yeah, exactly. Right. They were yeah. they were satisfied with your work, so. Mm -hmm. and, but you know, all my respect to uh, to interpreters and translations, you know, translators. Uh, it, it's just not a job that I can do uh, for ex extended periods of time. You know, these these gigs that I was doing uh, while I was a student, you know, it, it helps. You know, it's like paid a hundred bucks an hour. It's it's you know way more than what what a, a student. Can earn or any any you know entry level scarcity, scarcity I guess right <laughs> yes 
but scarce, scarcity also meant that you know I wasn't doing it every weekend. You know, it's it's just one right. I, I right. have one contract every few months, <laughs> so yeah. you know it's not it's not what what gets me uh, you know gets me uh, the, the millions of right. dollars. <laughs> and and also I wouldn't want to work uh, even at that price. You know the the first time they were there it was like um, minimum contract hours are eight hours. So even if you work for one hour, they pay you eight hours. And I was thinking, oh, great. But they went for 11 hours that first time. I thought I was going to die. Right. <laughs> I'm like, God, stop. Your mind's just going to explode. So that's 11 hours the first time. Second time, it was only four or three or four hours. So that was, that was nice. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. it's a tough job. You know, bottom line is it's it's a tough job. Um, and it's it's just not something I enjoy, you know, particularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's not it's not natural communication. So you you no. your, your brain's working all the time, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And and you have to make sure you don't put in your like your opinion. I mean, this is this mm -hmm. was technical stuff. There's there's not a lot of opinion. Right, I, right, right. I can imagine if if it's uh, I don't know, like politics or something like if you if you're left wing and, and right yeah. wing and you you sort of like I don't want to translate this it goes against what right, I feel right, right, right. I, I can I can sort of see how that could be a problem for certain people uh, yeah, yeah. because it's not your ideas right you, you're uh -huh. you're listening to other people's ideas and you have to translate it you know exactly to the uh, other side you're you're not you're people don't care about your opinion as a translator that's not <laughs> so. So, right. so, you know, domains, if you feel strongly about, you know, education or, uh, or mm -hmm. things like that, uh, a conference on, on you know, if, I, if it were a conference on how to raise multilingual kids and I'm like an interpreter in there, like, like I have my thoughts. <laughs> I don't think right. that's the right way, you know, and I have right, to right, still right. say that. <laughs> like, like so this is what he said, but I don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, who the hell are you? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just imagining in a G8 or, you know, like uh, country presidents, you know, you're yeah. translating yeah. from the, the Russian yeah. president to the American one. Like, well. Exactly, exactly. That would be so much pressure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That would be messed up a little you, bit. You make, exactly. You make a mistake. Oh, oh, my God. It's almost like a like doctors, you know, you, you, you have to be insured, you know, because you get, get sued. To... Right, right, right. Cool. So yeah, let's make a transition to the way you're raising your kids, like you sure. said. And so how how are you going about it? Like, are you because I've 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 watched some of your content, and I know you have um, Mexican, but Spanish speaking au pair yes. Yes. for yes. your for Spanish. But yes. what are the languages you're using as as a parent? Mm -hmm. um, to help them the in a natural way or yeah was was it yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so the whole concept of how i uh, raised my kids are essentially the same uh, con concept strategies that you know allowed me to grow up as a multilingual uh, the key word here is environment right you want to create an optimal environment or uh, you know infrastructure uh, that allows them, that compels the kids to speak a specific language uh, rather than, so rather than making studying language like the main goal, it's to 
like I mentioned earlier, the ultimate purpose is that person you're communicating with. Um, so, and in order to communicate with that person, you need this language. Okay, so make an environment that's optimized for these type of uh, uh, choices, language choices. So in our family, I speak Mandarin with the kids. My father, who my, my, my parents also live with us. So my father, who's Taiwanese, also speaks Mandarin with the kids. My wife is Japanese. My mother is Japanese. So both of them speak Japanese with the kids. We live in Quebec to go to school in French. Mm. All right. And being in Canada, you know, we turn on the TV, there's English. There's some friends here that are Anglophones. Uh, when I can find Anglophone teachers or tutors or, or um, yeah, coaches, like, like skating coach, uh, like uh, my, my daughter's uh, horseback riding coach. If I can find them uh, who, speaking English, then, I, then I, I ask them to speak English with the kids. So that's sort of like English is like different inputs but nothing formally you know, structured. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned earlier Spanish. This is like the only one where, where we like made a conscious effort to artificially introduce the, this language into the household by bringing in what are called au pairs. So these are, uh, these are babysitters, nannies who live in our house. They come from different countries. These are you know, often very you know, young, Young girls or or men uh, that we uh, that we find uh, uh, on these au pair sites, and uh, they would live with us for anywhere from six months to uh, you know the longest one was like eighteen months, fifteen, eighteen months. Right. Uh, and they come in here. They want to you know visit and and travel, come to Canada for that. And in the house, they speak exclusively Spanish with the kids. Sorry. Right. So. The kids, they spend a lot of time with these caregivers, and obviously they have to speak Spanish with with uh, the person that they're speaking to, and that and that allows them to have all these five languages, you know, in a in a natural setting, exactly where they are, where they are compelled to yeah. use these languages, uh, in a relatively balanced way, yeah. right? They go to school for uh, six six seven hours a day. They spend uh, you know, four or five hours with uh, with the au pair. Some in the morning, you know, when they come back, spend time with daddy and mommy. You know, obviously. So they these all these languages are relatively balanced. Mm -hmm. uh, even though French is the only one that's you know formally formal instruction is in French, so they know the grammar and whatnot. Right. And uh, and that's and that's good. Like French, I would say, has the high the most complex grammar. So they learn that well in at school. And then. All the other languages should come relatively easy. And uh, on top of that, <clears throat> uh, something that we've been doing, uh, you know, uh, is that we would go to Japan and Taiwan every uh, spring and summer. So as a matter of fact, the kids are in Japan right now, except my uh, oldest one. So the kids would go to Japan for two months from, you know, from May, June. And then uh, two months in Taiwan, July, uh, July and August, and then come back here to start the whole cycle, school cycle in uh, in September. So that's a you know just a little way for them to really be immersed in that language language twenty four seven, and 
use it with everybody that they're you know they encounter and the, and the culture as well right mm -hmm. yeah and the, and and obviously the culture and also you know finding their roots meeting family members uh, all that together you know mm -hmm. is something we've been doing it's just that the, the pandemic sort of threw a threw us off a little bit uh so we'll be going to taiwan this summer for the first time since the pandemic started but um they've been going to japan every summer though so they they still went to japan and they go to japan they go to the local school so they you know they will still be educated be able to read and write uh in, in chinese characters and whatnot so those uh that's how we get these five languages to be you know top notch uh, age standardized level uh, you know as much as possible so we can yeah yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because, uh, yeah, I was thinking that even with Spanish, which is the only one that was, like you said, artificially introduced, but it's still a natural way to go about it. It is. That's right. The key to me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, you know, when we have uh, our pairs come, we do ask them to, you know, bring some books, you know, we'll pay them to, to buy some local books that they think are good for the kids at their age. And we'll get them to, to read a little bit with the au pair uh, so they can still read. And, you know, especially since they, they can read French, I mean, the basic concept of reading is still the same. Mm -hmm. uh, and they can and and they can conjugate the verbs, uh, not because they've went through the conjugation, but because they read, they, 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 they do a lot of reading. And this is, you know, basic uh, comprehensible input, right? I mean, I think you're, you're a, you like a, Stephen Krashen. Uh, so, so that's how they learn grammar, not not studying grammar, but through lots of reading and interaction and actually speaking and watching. You know, sometimes they watch YouTube and if it comes up in, in Spanish, then so be it. They'll watch it in, in Spanish with the uh, with the au pair. Exciting. Yeah. And I, I'm also curious, like the first time you brought in a babysitter and au pair. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um because I was that your kids' first experience with our first contact with Spanish, or did you use yes. it? So, yeah. So, so if I explain a little bit about my uh, where I've lived. So, I, I grew up in Taiwan. I came to Canada, uh, went through uh, high school, university, and also graduate studies. Uh, it's after I finished my doctorate, I went to Japan to live and work in Japan. Uh, and that's where I met my wife, and I was there for about 10 years. And I had my first two children in Japan. Mm. So, and then after all that, I came back to Canada uh, in 2015 with the wife and the kids. And that's when we started this uh, au pair thing. So my oldest was three and my younger one at that time was uh, 18 months. Mm. So I don't know if my son still remembers the first time he... Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, at three, it's it's hard to remember everything that happened yeah, at three. Yeah. So, for all intents and purposes, it, it's as if there was just a natural, uh, natural exposure to French, uh, right. to Spanish, uh, from you know, from basically as far as I can remember. And that was also the same time that he started French. Like, came back to Canada. Yeah. So, so they they don't, you know. For all they know, they've they've had a, a Spanish babysitter uh, throughout their life. 
mm-hmm. for as far as they can remember. Uh, right. Especially for the other three, right? My daughter was only 18 months at that time. And then my two other kids, uh, since birth, that they have a caregiver who all, right. always spoke Spanish to them. Right. So that's just a reality in life. It's, it's just, a, it's like air, right? It, it's just how it is. They, they don't question it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I'm mostly curious about, you know, that first, first experience that you were mentioning was when you brought in the first babysitter, Spanish-speaking babysitter, that your 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 oldest son was three. Mm-hmm. And yeah. obviously he wasn't worried about anything. We just begin yeah. it in, right? But yeah. when when he tried to reply, did he use Japanese with with her? No. Or, or how was that? Yeah. that that's what, ah. I'm interested in. Okay. what I'm interested Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my son was three, but he went to an American uh, speak, uh, English-speaking daycare okay. in Taiwan. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sort of jumping uh, a little bit here and there and, and uh, skipping some details. But uh, when I had my first son, uh, we were in Japan. Uh, my wife was still going to school, so we couldn't come back to Canada right away. But I thought, you know, I could get my kids to uh, more exposure to Mandarin before we come back to Canada. And I worked from home uh, at that time. So it, it didn't matter where I was located. So I brought my son to Taiwan so that he would get much more exposure to Mandarin. And uh, at the same time, I sent him, I sent him to a, an English speaking daycare in Taiwan. So he would have English input and Mandarin input at the same time. Uh, and so when we came back to Canada and we had the, the Spanish speaking uh, au pair, uh, at first he was answering in English, since uh, that's the only thing he knew that had that was in common with something that she right. would understand to a certain degree. So, so yes. uh, but that didn't last very long. I have a video on my channel actually of uh, of him. I think about one week into the the, the au pair experience, and he. And she was getting him to count, you know, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Yeah. And then he was, otra vez. So <laughs> he was already, you know, already open to that, yeah. that, that, you know, input in Spanish. He wasn't like rejecting it because he's still too young to really think about it being yeah, yeah. in some, it was, it was just fun. It's like, wow, this, 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 you know, big sister who's there and, and playing with him, but she's speaking something he didn't understand. But so what, you know, and then we go to daycare and, and then there's a French and another thing that he didn't understand. So, uh, and oftentimes from, uh, from the, you know, the, the daycare, they would say, oh, you should speak French at home because he doesn't speak and he doesn't understand us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. You know, I think I understand your concerns and, and, you know, thank you. Thank you very much. But uh, this is what right. we, we have the five languages and. Yeah. It's okay, you know, don't worry, he will catch up. And uh, if he gets bad grades, I mean, at daycare, you don't have any grades, but, but even yeah. if he gets bad grades, I mean, Fine. no, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not focused on grades. When we go to Japan, you know, I tell the teachers, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not like so focused on grades, uh, right? Yet mm-hmm. they can, they can focus on studying, you know, in high school, but in elementary school, I just want them to play. And I just want them to make friends, be able to integrate into the social circles, mm. have their world, the kids' world, and and allow them to be able to communicate 
and thrive in that ex ex environment, in that language, yeah. that is, you know, the, the, the best results that I, I can, you know, Absolutely. hope. So. Yeah, you're doing it naturally. So the process mm -hmm. will work. It's just that for mm -hmm. monolingual kids, they must start speaking right. I mean, right away. I mean, when mm -hmm. they're when they're in in, in daycare, uh, yeah. in the in the language because that's the only language they 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 listen to. But for your kid, in this example, they're they've been exposed to four or five different languages. So they yeah. there's different timings, right? They're different. There are different timings. But, but yeah. the best is working. That's that's the bottom yeah. line. Right? But but there is um a uh, misconception uh, that lots of people would use, you know, if you do two, three, four languages, your kids will be delayed. Uh, that's what lots of people say. Now, now I cannot refute that they will not. I mean, I cannot refute that they will be delayed, as in that I cannot guarantee that they will not be delayed, but there is no solid evidence that they will be delayed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the studies do not show that they will be delayed. They don't show that they will not be delayed, but it's within the uh, the margin of error of yeah. uh, most kids, the margin of variation of most yeah. children. You yeah. know, because some kids can can start talking as late as four years old. Yeah, even uh, monolingual. You, know? you mean yeah, yeah, yeah. monolingual? That's that's yeah. So it's within that that yeah. range uh, for all these kids, and even with my four kids. My first one was really quick. Second one was really slow, uh, so slow that I was doubting myself. And I <laughs> and I and I actually did take her to uh, a speech therapist, uh, which is really ironic because just a few weeks after seeing the speech therapist, her vocabulary exploded and she caught up, you know, with everybody really quickly. And now she's her French is actually stronger than her her peers. Same thing with my, my my first first child. So not just because they speak five languages doesn't mean that they're sacrificing their, their French. Makes okay? sense. So that's a, like the, the big message that I would have to, to all those doubters. Yeah, uh, they actually have better French, <laughs> no, mm -hmm. at least from a grades perspective, than than the local kids. Okay. My third child was normal neither fast nor slow my youngest was really fast i think she was the fastest to start uttering uh, words mm -hmm. so there's so much variation um and and we just don't worry about it uh of course you know educators who do come to us and, and say you know we have to speak french at home you know we're, we're grateful that they're concerned for the yeah. well-being of our children you know uh but we i would just you know let them know that it's a it's a conscious um conscious effort and uh, we will assume that the responsibilities and we'll never you know blame the the the, the educators for any language delays uh, let them know that you know it is it is a, a strategy that yeah yeah that you, you know what you're doing right That's, uh, yeah indeed i mean these are my kids i mean you know i'm putting yeah. their future you know, <laughs> uh, on the line so so definitely, yeah. Uh, if if you're not interested in providing the best possible experience, <laughs> please, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. So far, so good. You know, so far, so far, so good. Yeah. If I come back to my the story of my daughter, so she 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 you know got us worried uh, a little bit. She was almost five, uh, and she wasn't stringing you know full sentences uh, quite well. At in that French. time, just words were in French. French or in, in French. French, okay. In French, 
It was in French, um, but even in Japanese. I mean, she spoke more Japanese, uh, and, and when she got stuck, she would use Japanese to to mm. fill in the gaps. But I don't think she was ever very strong in languages uh, from the get go. Uh, but uh, you know, so so we brought her to see a, a language therapist, speech therapist here, and she. Uh, she didn't tell us anything we didn't know. You know, she was like, you know, I'm not a language expert, but uh, the fact that you're doing five languages uh, is probably the cause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and uh, but she what what I did and you know appreciate is that she says she's a little late, but it's still within the you know the lower bound of normalcy. Yeah. So she was not like significantly delayed. So let's. She said, let's uh, watch, you know, uh, watch and see for a little bit to see if, it, if she won't catch up uh, naturally, mm -hmm. which is exactly what happened. I mean, it's almost as if it was planned, like two, three weeks after, we could literally see her vocabulary explode. I don't know why. I, I mean, I don't know what the trigger is or it's just a natural, yeah, yeah. you know event that came but it was really clear that from a specific point suddenly mm -hmm. her vocabulary exploded i don't think i've seen that with the other kids it, it's always like really gradually like over time you, you sort of you don't realize it's like it's like seeing your kids grow up you, you don't see them like you know right, grow right, up right, right. significantly uh, yeah. from uh, overnight but with her languages with her um, vocabulary that it was quite striking mm -hmm. uh, Oh, that's the only case uh, of my four kids that that I could say that was it was a delay, but even then it it's just within the normal range. Range, uh, yeah. She was the slowest, but now she's got fantastic grades, mm -hmm. and um, you know, not that okay, not that we focus on grades, but yeah. it's there. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know? yeah, but still, I'm thinking that. She still was delayed. I mean, she was delayed when it comes to communicating, but the language was in her head mm -hmm. the same way. It's just that for what I think that for whatever reason, the same way monolingual kids start speaking earlier or later, mm -hmm. but the, the process working for all of them. It's just that for whatever reason that I personally don't understand. And you said that you don't know why mm -hmm. some kids start speaking later, others start speaking earlier, but you know, it's the language it's there. It's just that it's the output. It's the yeah, it's the extraction of the 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 abstract concepts, mm. extract it out, and and being able to 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 express it. And uh, from a, uh, you know, I, I I think conceptually she had everything, you know, in her head. It's just she couldn't exactly say the word exactly. for it. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I always talk about the fact that we can always understand way more than we can say in mm -hmm. any, any language we're learning, right? It's just the way the process works. That's it doesn't mean the process is not working. It's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, that's why it's so important. That's why I believe in the crashing hypothesis mm -hmm. so much. Like it's 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 the understanding that comes before anything. So you need to be able to understand. You need to first understand, then be able to retain, and then finally be able to output. I mean, if you can't understand, I mean, the downstream processes cannot work. 
It's nice. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So, so the kids are now uh, 10, 9. My oldest is almost almost 11. Wow, my goodness. Yeah, pretty soon. So 10, 9, 6, and 3. So, so far, so good. Ah, growing up very quickly. That's uh, the only <laughs> bad part. <laughs> but the bottom line is it's, it's working for all of them. It is. It is. Okay. At least at least more than 10 years, you know, it's been working. Uh, and one thing, uh, here's one thing, if any anybody uh, wants to have one, one message, I think, uh, about language learning is is that um, it's not about language learning. <laughs> uh, it's it's about creating that bond, that trusting relationship with your with your with the person that you're speaking to, or in this case with kids. Um, you know, I hear so many parents come you know come to me with you know, my kids uh, refuse to speak the target language. Uh, you know, uh, things like that. It's a it's a huge headache, and I've always you know I knew that this is a big problem before I had kids, so I wanted to make absolutely sure that we don't have to go down that path. You know, it's much easier to prevent than to, you know, fix. Right. Uh, so my oldest is now going on 11 years old and we've never had an issue uh, with all four kids about refusing to speak. You know, there's, it's just, it's just never come up. Uh, and I think, I think it's, it's really because we have a very strong communication uh trusting relationship uh you know, we we make that we make that a, a priority mm. um so much that i actually you know every few weeks i schedule a, a period of time where i just sit them down like one by one we call it the one one session <laughs> sit them down. Uh, since they're eight years old okay so my oldest and my second one does this every every few weeks we sit down we talk about everything and, and, and nothing you know anything at the same time uh, just you know how was it at school you know uh, what do you want to be later in life uh, you know how, how was the hockey game uh, how, how's the horseback riding going uh, any troubles here or there is there bullying at school um, and, and that's like a, a moment where we just talk peacefully you know, it's not a, like a moment where they did something wrong and, you know, we're, we're like on their case. Uh, in fact, we don't have a lot of those situations specifically because we have a separate time sort of for that. So if we have to scold them for something, it'll be very quick. But later at a, when we're all, you know, emotionally very stable, we sit down and we talk, you know, you know, the other day that thing happened, you know, this is why we think it's not it's dangerous for you to do this or that or you know, this is why we think you should do this, or this is why. And it's also a time for us as parents to sort of bring it down to their level and uh, and, and also expose sort of them, our, our thoughts uh, as human beings. Uh, we have our, our, you know, weaknesses. If we have anything we need to apologize for, uh, that's, that's when we do it. And like I said, that's the, it's really that moment where we create that bond where uh, right. we, we create this uh, situation where communication is the main objective over this, whether it's five minutes or, or 30 minutes, you know, it depends. This is, this is a lot of time where we talk about values in life, you know, hard work or, yeah. or schooling, education, uh, finance, uh, 
uh, boys and girls, uh, you know, right. it, it's something that uh, that we've been doing for now, you know, about two years, and hopefully it'll be something that uh, that that that's for the long run, and uh, even even when they're adults, you know, right. at school, uh, young adults, the the problems change. But there's still going to be problems, oh, yeah. and we're always going to be older than them, more with more experience, and we, hopefully they they will look to us as uh, as for guidance. Uh, but in order for them to come to us, they need to respect us. In order to respect us, it's not through authority, but it's through trust and through showing them, uh, you know, the, how much we care about them. Exactly. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes just saying it doesn't doesn't cut it. You know, so. Yeah, you gotta show them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, taking that time, you know, out of our our busy schedules, because mm-hmm. I I think the most generous gift that somebody can can give you is time, and, right. and that's not money, um, or things, right? So that's something we we do with the kids, and that I think is is the ultimate secret to not getting the kids to to refuse to speak. Uh, a target language that we want them to speak right you know other than the the natural you know environment optimizing strategies that we put in uh if they if they if they don't want to speak a language they they can just go off and speak another language and refuse to speak the language that we're we're, we're using yeah. you know if they want to rebel that that's you know one of the quickest way that they can do it but mm-hmm. so far so good uh, and I think you know our whole project, uh, our our sort of formal way of creating this environment and formal training period, let's just say, for our kids is minimum ten years, uh, ideally twelve years. So that's you know. So my son is going on eleven now. So he's already crossed the the minimum line. You know, if if today you know if tomorrow we stop. Uh, all of this uh, if he decides he's not going to speak mandarin with me anymore um, you know we would still have achieved our our goals and i think mandarin he's at he's at such a level that i don't think he will ever forget mandarin it's it's like integrated into his dna now yeah it's here yeah yeah uh it's it's not like if he stop at six uh or even seven then there's a risk of it going fading away mm-hmm. but I left Taiwan when I was 13, and I did not speak Mandarin uh, until I was 29 when I went back to Japan. But it was there, you know, at the at the 13 year old level. But it was there. Mm-hmm. So, so my son is at a very strong level, uh, enough for it to be there forever, and also enough for him to use it as a springboard if he ever wanted to live in china or taiwan or singapore if he well singapore is english but uh if he wanted to live in a chinese-speaking country mm-hmm. he would be able to do it uh and you know have that foundation already to to, to work on he'll be able to progress very, very very quickly to professional levels if, if he ever wanted to so that's oh, that's enough that's enough maybe he'll never you know go to a chinese-speaking country Right, but he's got enough Chinese in him that uh, whatever he he pers- you know pursues as a career, uh, you know later in life, 
he'll, he's got enough to, for him to be able to communicate with Chinese uh, yeah. counterparts uh, and, and be able to make good good com good relationships uh, with clients and you know with friend clients, whatnot. So yeah, so it's enough. You know, we've yes. achieved we've achieved our our objectives from that perspective. Right, right. Yeah, so you, you've done that for him, and then it's on him to decide whether... Exactly, exactly. It's 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 there. That tool will be with him forever. Yeah. Uh, I think we've we've gotten to that level. Mm -hmm. All right, so so yeah, I, I, I talk about this a lot with, uh, with parents. Uh, it's that relationship. That's that's the first thing, right? Uh, yes, I, I preach about, you know, language raising kids in multiple languages uh, the, the infrastructure and whatnot but but if you don't have that trusting relationship the, the risks of them not appreciating your efforts or, or finding it as a burden you know you just want to control me kind of you know, response uh are higher so that's i'm probably you've never forced them to speak or to communicate in a specific language that's why no. ironically mm -hmm. that's why they're willing to use it right yeah. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. That's one probably one of the issues that those parents that you were referring to that mm -hmm. you know they they said that their kid refused to communicate in a target language. Probably yes. they were forcing him or her to to communicate. Yes. Or, or yeah, well, like that. yeah, or at least that's the perception from their from the kids. Uh, yeah, exactly. Point of view. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Awesome. You never want to make it into a chore. Uh, you know. It's just there's just so much you can force your kids to do, uh, yeah. whether it's languages or anything else in life. Uh, so you know, if I if I, you know, if I diverge a little bit from uh, from languages, um, you know, uh, all these different uh, different skills that they that they pursue uh, in sports or or art or music, or whatever. What what we want to do is still the same concept. You make the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, that allows them to naturally pick up that instrument if it's there, right? Pick up that hockey stick. Uh, uh, give them the exposure. Uh, gives them gives them some challenges. Gamify uh, all these things. Uh, yeah. So you know, um, like my my kid, my my son, he loves hockey. Okay, or he says he loves hockey, <laughs> but he doesn't love it enough to like practice. You know. I can understand. I mean, it's just boring drills, right? It's like yeah, it's like reading grammar. I mean, it's just, it's just boring stuff, right? So uh, I, I buy these games where he needs to take the the, the puck and sort of uh, get hits, you know, within a certain time, and then he has to improve on that. Uh, you know, th that's how I make it into a challenge, and yeah. then you know, he's like on it, you know, day and night. Um, and his his hockey skills improved tremendously because when he was younger, you know, I love hockey, but I want to make sure I don't like impose hockey on him. Uh, even though I would love to see him, you know, become really good at hockey, mm -hmm. uh, but it could be anything else. But yeah, out, you know, he I gave him a lot of exposure to skating and, and hockey, uh, uh, but he just wasn't wasn't improving. He, and and he says he like likes hockey, but on the ice, he's like, you know, the puck could be here, and he's like over here, you know. <laughs> like, and I ask him, do you really want to play? 
It's like, yes, you know, it's just, you know, if you don't want to, we can do something else. Don't don't do it for daddy, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I was I was I just wanted to make really sure that that was the case. But I see that, you know, it's not really hockey. It wasn't, you know, hockey per se that was the fun part. It was that 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 social aspect of hockey mm -hmm. where in the room where they're changing and they're, it's just mm -hmm. playing around and goofing around. Right, right. Uh, that that's what he loves that camaraderie in the in the dressing room uh so it's, it's always that part that he loves so i just let him play and but since last year or about a year and a half ago suddenly now i see that he's his motivation has really boosted a lot mm -hmm. but in the meantime all his friends like sort of surpassed him so you know his his like development was kind of like this and his friends were like this and, and his friends sort of just mm -hmm. surpassed him like in the past three, four years, like just one after another. Uh, he would he used to be like super strong because he's a very good skater. It's just that when you give him a puck, he just <laughs> drops it zero. But, yeah. but but recently he's really like motivated uh, in the games and whatnot. But unfortunately he sees that he's not making the, the the strong teams because he's he doesn't have those skills mm -hmm. uh, and i can tell him you know yeah. if you want to make the big teams if you want to you know follow your friends into the big teams you, you got to practice but he still doesn't doesn't really do it yeah so recently, you know, i found these different games and stuff that he could do and just mm -hmm. buy this and put it put it there that gets him going you know yeah, now that, is that good is that bad uh, it it you know, it meets the purpose of getting him to improve, and yeah. he is practicing. So that sort of satisfies the the objectives in life. I'm just hoping that you know he will learn that whatever he loves, uh, whatever he does in life, even if he loves it, there's going to be aspects like practice that's just boring, it's just you know burdensome that he's going to have to go through and still do it. He can find ways to make it fun by himself. You know, hopefully this will be a, a case study where he's got to be creative, but he's going to have to get that job done in order to enjoy the glorious part. Like you, you, you see these professional players, but you don't see all the the, the hard work behind the scene. You know, I don't expect him to become a professional hockey player. That's that's definitely not the the goal. But in whatever they want to pursue in life, they're gonna have to do some yucky stuff. In order to attain that fun, fun, you know, the the, the final objective, yeah. uh, that's what I'm hoping. You, you can't just just do what you love. You, you can't just do that. It, it, there's nothing in the world that is only going to be fun. Like, so hopefully, yeah, it's, they, it's finding the balance. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not going to tell them become a doctor, become a lawyer, become this, but I'm going to help them think like through these one one sessions on how to think about career. How to find something that that is meaningful that that they will love that they will be able to do for the rest of their life, but even that that fun thing will be associated with lots of yucky stuff that it's going to have to do, right? So you cannot just have the fun and not the yucky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just don't want them to be skipping from one thing to another to another to another just because every time he hits the the wall. He thinks that you know something that he doesn't like. You know, yeah, it's not fun. Like, like yeah. hockey, you know, I do see that he likes hockey, but he doesn't like practice. 
find a way to build that in in order for you to, to improve in what you want to do. So there's an example of something that's you know not language related, but in a way sort of in the yeah. same. You know, it's, it's developing a skill uh, by creating a good environment uh, and pushing and, and achieving high levels uh, naturally. Compel yourself uh, to yeah. to to be able to do it. Yeah, but it's yeah. It, it can be used for languages, so it's uh, absolutely it's absolutely. a great mindset overall. So that's always welcome. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's simple. You know, I always say the concepts that we use are very simple. Simple doesn't mean it's easy. Okay, and implementation in and of itself, uh, you can make it as hard as you know, as your context requires. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody uh, is in a cross-cultural re relationship, so uh, already there doesn't mean you have two languages already off the bat. Uh, not everybody's living in a different country. Not everybody's yeah, exactly. uh, not everybody have, have have the same financial resources or the the time resources. So it's different. But uh, not everybody's aiming for five languages. Not everybody's aiming for you know native level uh, speech. So uh, before you start on this this uh, journey, you have to make sure that you know what the objectives are and what the costs are, and whether you're ready to pay that price for mm -hmm. this, or perhaps maybe you just want this and you can you know pay it at a lower price. That that's possible. Yeah. Right, uh, you can't pay this and get this. That's just you know. That's you, can't out. A, you can't get a Lamborghini at the cost of a, of a Honda. It's just it's just not going to work, right? Exactly. And maybe all you need is a Honda. Uh, who knows, right? So exactly. clarify that part first. That'll that'll make your uh, your expectations and the results uh, concord at the end. Yeah, good point. It can you be know? applied to languages. Good point. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so well, well, well. well. Thank Suddenly, you very much for your awesome experiences. <laughs> that was quick, an hour and, and twenty minutes already. I think that's gonna help a lot of people. It's well, uh, I like your relaxing, relaxing way of going about about life in general. But and, yeah, and and yeah, I can talk forever because it's <laughs> it's a simple concept. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the specifics are in the details. I mean, the, obviously, but the concept, the global concept is is very simple. It is. Mm -hmm. Supply whatever we need to, yeah, to execute. Okay. So Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It uh, feels like I've been talking to a, a good friend for a long time and sort of <laughs> getting things off my chest. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. And yeah, I'll leave the link to your, to your project in case people want to watch some of your videos. Absolutely. You know, all my uh, social media is at Ask Tetsu. So uh, ask away, you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, all those are at Ask Tetsu. Perfect. All right. So thank you very much again. And yeah. Have, have thank you. Thank you for a great, being a great host. Bye bye. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck. Thanks so much for watching this interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was helpful for you. And uh, if you want to know more about language learning, language acquisition, like, you know, what's what's the best way to learn a language, ideas for language learning, uh, the best resources at different levels. Here, you can find the whole playlist with all the interviews I've done so far with different researchers, teachers, polyglots, and so on.
And finally, right here, you smash this guy right in the face to subscribe to my channel. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.